This is a story for the ages. And I think it rings truer to me now that I'm a father. But even when this story happened, back when I was like 12 or 13, I remember thinking, this is crazy. All right, so here we go. When I was younger, one of the things I used to do in the summer was go to basketball camps. And most of them were local at the high school gym or a neighborhood school district. And it was a few days a week or for a couple hours in the morning. And it was always really, really fun. And one year, our school decided to have a couple of us go to the University of Kentucky's basketball camp. It was a week-long camp. And about eight of us students, we were all about 13 years old, and two of our high school coaches took two big white vans and drove down from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan to the University of Kentucky's campus. It was a full week on campus. We stayed in the dorms. We got to take tours of the basketball house that the players played in. We did all sorts of stuff, and it was just basketball morning, noon, and night. Really, really fun. And for most of us, that was the first time that we were away from our parents for an extended period of time. And on the last day of camp, we all packed up and headed back. And and this was before cell phones, and really, certainly before Google Maps, too. We had MapQuest that we printed off directions, and we agreed to have the two vans each with one coach driving and about four or five of us drive for a certain amount of time as we left the campus on our way back home and then meet at some McDonald's in northern Kentucky or southern Illinois or whatever the the geography is on that. So we left campus early in the morning and started driving. And the van I was in had engine trouble or a flat tire or something. And we were on a major interstate, four lanes each side with a concrete median in between. I'm not sure exactly how this happened, but we were ahead of the other van by like 15 or 20 minutes. And we realized that we had car trouble and the coach knew of a place to get the van fixed. I think there was a shop like right by where we parked on campus, literally like right across the street or something. So we had thought, okay, the best course of action, we turn around, drive back to that auto body shop, get the van fixed, and then we'd be back on our way. And remember, this is before cell phones. So this seems pretty reasonable. Even though we were not able to communicate with the other van, we could get to the shop, call someone back home, and someone could hopefully relay a message with the other van once they stopped. And since they would be waiting on us, they'd probably give us a call or something and call somebody and have you heard from the other guys kind of thing. But instead of doing that, instead of doing just that and having a rocky road home, but getting home, the driver and the coach and the mentor of these young high school students decides... I still can't believe I'm going to say this. I can't believe this is actually a thing that happened. In order to try to not lose communication with the other van, and remember, we're about 15 minutes ahead of them, or so we thought, the coach decided to leave two kids on the median in the middle of the highway. His reasoning? To flag down the other van that would eventually be driving by. That's right. He left two 13-year-old kids in the middle of the interstate, in the middle of summer in Kentucky, to just wave their arms and flag down the other van that they would obviously be able to see in four lanes of traffic going 70 miles an hour. And I remember that all of us, we were, again, 12, 13 years old, we were all like, this is not a good idea. But nope, it happened. So we left two kids on the median in the middle of a major interstate, drove back to the body shop to get the car fixed. We got everything taken care of, and we drove back along the interstate to pick up the kids, and guess what? They were not there. So, we kind of freaked out. But the coach was convinced that his plan worked, and that the other van saw the kids, picked them up, and they were waiting for us at the McDonald's. So we drove north to that McDonald's, 
That was our meeting point. And guess what? They were not there. Not the other van, not the kids, no one. And now this glazed look comes over the face of the coach. And he goes to the payphone, remember those? And calls someone back home. And then calls someone else and someone else and on and on. And all of us kids go in and grab some food and just sort of hang out. And this was literally the nicest McDonald's I had ever been in, inside and out. It was at the bottom of a hill and had all this landscaping around it and this awesome outdoor area. And I say that because it ended up coming in handy because we ate all three meals at this McDonald's. We were there until late that night. Why? Because we couldn't get in touch with anyone for a long time. And again, before cell phones. So all of our communication had to be through calling people back home and having them relay the message. So we finally got a hold of the other van. They actually called the McDonald's and the manager passed the phone to our coach and he explained everything to the other van and they were several hours ahead of us at this point. So they just kept on their way and went home. And we were stuck at the nicest McDonald's in the state for like 10 hours, literally 10 or 12 hours. And the coach was calling around to the police and everyone else trying to find these kids. And think about that. You are the chaperone of a week-long trip, and on the way back, you left two kids in the middle of a major interstate, and now they are lost, and you have no way of tracking them or having any clues as to what happened to them. So we are all thinking the worst, and as kids, you don't really get it, but you still kind of get it, and let me tell you, we got it. We were all really scared and worried, and we all called our parents from the payphone and explained to them the situation, and every parent had the same reaction, just shocked and freaked out and worried and just bah. Finally, late in that evening, after our third meal of the day at McDonald's, somehow we found out that the kids were picked up shortly after we left them on the medium. They were picked up by the police and the police did not believe their story of how they ended up on the interstate. The police thought they ran away from home and were making all of this up. So the police took the kids to the station for questioning. Now, the kids didn't have IDs on them, and one of them couldn't remember their home phone number when the police were questioning them. I think it's because they were nervous and scared because they were sitting in a police station after sitting on a concrete median in the middle of the interstate. So get this. The police took them to a halfway house. A halfway house. But we finally had the kids dropped off at the McDonald's by the police, and then we finally made our way home. And guess what? To my knowledge... Nothing happened to that coach. He was still teaching and coaching in the fall and for years after that. Can you imagine if that happened today? And then three days later, there's coach just setting up for practice. Don't worry about him leaving the kids in the middle of the highway. Your, your kids will be safe. We're good. So there you go. That's probably the craziest story I have in my tool belt. Before we roll into today's guest, it's time for today's sponsor, I Wish I Had. And today's sponsor is something that has traveled with me all over the country, all over Texas, which is bigger than the country, to Mexico, to conferences, to the gym, to my bedroom, baby. Basically, this stuff has kept me ticking when I needed it. And the product? Perky Jerky. What is Perky Jerky? I'm glad you asked. It's quite simply the greatest jerky in the history of mankind. We've all done the road trip thing. We stop at a gas station, we load up on jerky, nuts, chips, soda, and hit the road again. And 10 minutes later, you're hungry, and about $20 lighter in the wallet, and you need to get something to eat again. At least my fat ass does. Enter Perky Jerky, standing on a mountaintop, wearing a majestic cape blowing in the wind, here to save the day. The reason that this is the best stuff on the planet is that it's as pure as spring water. No nitrites, no preservatives, 
and no added MSG. Another reason this stuff is the bee's knees is that you won't need to have any major dental work done after eating it because it's as tender as your baby's bottom. That's honestly my favorite part. It's just chewy and tender and just a mouth party, a rager. And by the way, it tastes amazing. Super, super flavorful. Now, I always opt for the turkey jerky, but they have beef, pork, and even vegan jerky. You can find these at almost any grocery store, and they're worth every penny. So go check them out and give them a bite. Perkyjerky.com or on the gram at perkyjerky. I promise it will be the best decision you make all day. Okay, now that my mouth is watering after reading that spot for perky jerky, it's time for today's guest. He and I have been friends since we were knee-high to a grasshopper, and we spend some time talking about how he and his wife get creative to make sure that their daughter knows she is loved while they are both traveling for work. Tell me the movie. Uh, yeah, how y'all doing? Is this Illegal Chop Shop? <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop. Three. All right. Three. Very yeah. important. So uh, why are you going to the airport? Flying somewhere? Dumb and dumber. Do you know how much money Shaq made playing in Orlando? Almost as much as he did playing in college? What? <laughs> uh, basketball. <laughs> Last one. I think you're going to be all right. They have a thin candy shell. Oh, uh, Tommy Boy. There you go. Yep. Fantastic. Yep. I think the first day I met you uh, was at a summer basketball camp up in Norway. Uh, long story short is I think my fat ass fell on you and broke your wrist, right? Was yeah, you... First? Yeah, we went up for a rebound. Um, I jumped, but you didn't. And yes. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're standing on my foot, and, and I fell backwards, and I, I broke my left wrist. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that was fun. That was great. Yeah. yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, you're never going to live that one down. No. And then the other good memory I have of you is uh, throwing up all over your couch um, in your apartment in Sheboygan. So, oh, that was... I've been a great friend to you. That was decades later. And now, here we are, uh, both talking about how we got a little gray in our beards. Yeah. The reason that you're on here is because not only are you one of my closest friends and a willing participant in this <laughs> nonsense, but you're also a father. Yeah, so I am a uh, product experience designer uh so that's just a big fancy word for i design stuff on a computer that people use you know software apps websites yep so that uh, i've been doing that for over 15 years now and about five years ago my wife and i decided to have a baby and she was born her name is kendall it was really to a point in our both of our lives and into our careers that we're like well what else can we do okay baby let's have a let's have a kid you know we've (laughs) Uh, you know, we, we accomplished a lot of the goals that we had. And then I think the most important part is like, we felt that we were established enough to do have that kind of responsibility as heavy as having a child. So, you know, our, yeah. our jobs were cool. Our, you know, income was, uh, you know, secure as much as it can be. You know, we have a house and, and, and we weren't, we weren't in our twenties thinking that we were in our twenties anymore. You know what I mean? Like we weren't going yep. out and you know, have a ton of friends to go partying with and all that. We really came to a point where, like, all right, let's let's really settle down. We know that this is something we want to do, and and so uh, we we're very fortunate, and we we're able to do it. I love the two things, and all dads probably can relate to this: of you spend your entire adult life basically trying not to get the girl pregnant, right? <laughs> right, right. And then it's like, then you make the decision of like, okay, we're gonna have a family, and motherfucker, it's hard 
to to get your wife pregnant. You're like, dude, I feel like everybody I knew in high school, like you'd walk by right. and they were two months pregnant. <laughs> right, right. But it's like, oh, it's Tuesday, 8.30. We need to go have sex. Like, that, that's romantic. That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're in production mode yeah. here. Yeah, it, it, it's... Uh, <laughs> It's like, what was I being so cautious about before? Like, you know how much money I wasted on condoms or something? Yeah. It, <laughs> $11. Yeah. Over 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. You have a daughter, Kendall, which is a yep. great name, by the way. And I've got another question on that later on. Sure. Through the pregnancy, right? So Ashley's pregnant. I am curious to know what your experience was like during the pregnancy from the dad's point of view. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was very fortunate, you know, I, same thing. I was nervous, I was excited, a um, whole bunch of range of emotions and it would change daily too, depending on uh, how like workload was going, how, you know, just you know, the interaction between my wife and I and just, you know. You were, you were living in a glass case of emotions? <laughs> basically, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I was very fortunate during that time. Uh, I worked with a, a guy who, uh, his name's John, and he's, he was you know, not just a friend of mine, but he, uh, I would say, is more like a mentor. He's a little bit younger than my dad, but he has kids that is like my age too. And, and, and so just asking him all these like weird questions that you know uh, the, the whole thing about being paranoid over changing diapers and all that stuff it's like he's like dude it's not a big deal at all it's one of the best things that anytime i'd get like a little neurotic about it he would he would say uh look your kid is your kid's gonna be fine you're not a shithead parent you know um which is like okay when you put it that way you know i'm not uh and i guess it's gonna be okay so having somebody maybe talk to throughout with any random question um and somebody that you look up to to give it to you straight is uh it was very comforting for me when it comes to all the questions now as far as myself and my wife through this this time i really took to heart like it was my job to get her anything and everything at any time that she needed. You know, she didn't have like a lot of ridiculous requests or, you know, go out at three o'clock in the morning kind of kind of things. But she would have like these little uh, items that she would appreciate. So, you know, of course, everybody talks about the cravings and, and all that. But yeah. those little things, I feel, go a long way, and especially when you know that this is a phase of her cravings, maybe that you offer it up without her even knowing it. So, uh, she was going through a popcorn phase, so I went to the movie theater and got her movie theater popcorn, like legit from the movie theater. Oh, that's awesome! Instead of you know the you know instead of the microwave one, or she she liked uh, these popsicles, the the what rocket pops or whatever they're called, and so yep. So like and without her asking and making sure the fridge is stocked in that way, you know she she definitely she had a lot of pain uh, towards the end in her hips. Uh, so there's a lot of issues with that and the way that she could sleep and everything. So trying to make it as comfortable as possible. But I really took it to heart that it was my job to make sure that she is cool in every aspect as far as if she's hungry, if she's comfortable, if she's sweaty, if she's pissed, if whatever it is. Um, <laughs> All of those things at the same time? Maybe within, you know, three minutes of each other. You know, it, she's doing all this. All I did was, you know, I had sex and uh, worked out well. <laughs> Um, she has to go through all this stuff. So yeah, that was, that was my job. That was my duty. I remember the first time changing Kendall's diaper. Uh, my wife had a, a C-section, so she wasn't getting out of bed right away. And of course we had, 
um, yeah. the baby next to us and it's time to change the diaper. I remember the first time changing her diaper and my fingers and hands were shaking. So, uh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't help it. Here, here's this tiny, tiny little thing that you've been waiting for for the longest time. You know, it's definitely fragile and everything. And you're trying to slip a diaper with it. And you think, of course, when you do that, you're going to rip its leg off or something like that. Yeah, exactly. No, they're actually very durable. Yeah. It, it's so many new things at once is absolutely overwhelming. And, uh, but it's also some of the most memorable times, right? Yeah. That's true. And I remember you said something, but you said that you actually had your Nest camera or something like recording. So when you guys came home from the hospital, yeah. like you have that on video. Oh, yeah. That's coming in with Kendall for the first time. Like, that's really cool. That's a neat idea. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. We got we got her. Uh, we have a video of us putting up the, you know, the nursery, the crib and all that stuff. We have video of uh, just my wife sitting on the rocking chair with the, you know, nine months pregnant and then the next video is bringing her home and and uh, yep. so yeah that's that's one great thing about that nest camera is we have saved all these little clips from her growing up and it's always been in her room unfortunately now she's starting to realize that that's a camera so she'll turn it around <laughs> when you know when it's like nap time and we're like go in and take a nap and yes i'll take a nap and then she turns the camera around so and on the way home from the hospital, for any dad or any parent that had to drive on the way home, that is the only time you are going 45 miles an hour in the right lane with the flashers on. Yeah, just white sure. knuckling the steering wheel. We're bringing her home like, is this okay? Are you sh- is, is this all right? Can we do this? It seemed like everything was too big and too fast and too, you know, it was just... Too furious? <laughs> exactly. Right. Sorry, that was terrible. <laughs> The big question that I had for you is regarding around you and Ashley both travel a lot. And I know Mm -hmm. you especially, I don't know Ashley's work schedule, but I know you especially work some crazy hours. Like you and I would talk sometimes at like 9.30 my time, which is 10.30 your time. And you're like, yeah, I'm at the office. I'm I'm at work. I'm like, how the hell are you at work? Like I've been not working for six hours. (laughs) So... Um, and I know you travel a lot. In 2019, you were overseas a couple of different times and across oh, yeah. country and, and all this sort of stuff. So I'm curious to, to know how that works for you and Ashley. Like, what do you guys have a game plan? Like, how do you handle that if, with the unpredictability? And how do you balance, like, hey, we still have to, you know, be here for our kid. Right. Um, so how does that work? Yeah, we, we both actually uh, travel a lot, you know, whether it be international or just here in the States or so. Yeah, it's it's always been a part of us being parents. It, you know, it's not like it just started only a year ago. It's been ever since she's been born. I, I, th- I think the, the key of it is is really having the expectations of all the items that are, that have to happen during that week or a couple days or wherever it is, as far as uh, anticipating the schedule that the daughter, my daughter has, what our schedules are, if grandparents are going to help out, any of any of those things, and then also knowing like when you're going to be checking in on each other too. I know that when a couple times when I've traveled, and especially um, you know as she started getting a little bit older, a lot of times you know you have to leave for the airport, you know, kind of early, and so I would leave like notes around the house so that when she woke up, she would she would kind of read them, you know, so giving her like little items, letting her know that, you know, daddy's going to be gone for a little bit, drawing her little pictures of airplanes on sticky notes and putting them on the stairwell. That's cool. Yeah. And then, um, 
Uh, same thing when you know my wife uh, leaves. You know, letting her know now now that she's older and she can understand things, letting her know that all right, mommy's got a big trip coming up. She's going to be gone for a little bit. You're going to be hanging out with daddy, and we're going to be doing this <laughs> and just having activities. So you know, technology has helped quite a bit too. So one of the things that I like to do is, especially when when my wife is gone, is uh, the app uh, Find Friends or Find My. I think they, they yeah. call it now. Yep. Is uh, so I have my wife on it. I have you know grandparents and uh, some people on it, and I'll show them like, do you want to see where mommy is? And so when she's when she's overseas or when she's in um, you know another state, I'll bring that up and I'll show it to her, and she she gets she gets excited seeing where she is at that time. And I know that that's she's really cool. I like that. You know, there's there's also so my daughter's flown on a um, three times on a plane, so she knows. She likes being on a plane. She gets excited about airplanes and stuff. Yep. And so I'd bring up, um, uh, I remember when my, my wife uh, went overseas once, uh, I brought up um, a website where you can track the flight over overseas. Okay. And so we could uh, see where she was, you know, where the airplane was in the world on the way over. I went overseas and I brought her a little toy with me. So she, she's, she gave it to me for like good luck or have fun or, you know, mm-hmm. here, can you bring this? And it, it was about the size of a golf ball. So I was like, yeah, of course. And so I put it with my luggage and everywhere I went, I would take a picture with it, like a selfie or it next to something, or I'd hold it up next to like one of the cool uh, places awesome. and, uh, I would send it to her and she forgot that she gave it to me and she goes, wait, what is, what is my toy doing there? Like <laughs> Yeah, that's no. cool. It's, I mean, it, yeah. it sounds like you guys have, have figured out a lot of a lot of things. Is is there anything that you that you fear, you know, because of your traveling? Like, that you, do you fear you're missing out on stuff, or do you fear like you? Is there any concern that you guys have over that? Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, like you mentioned, I work uh, a lot of ridiculous hours. So, and and that's been going on for since she's been born. Uh, or, I mean, basically my entire career, I've been working like ridiculous hours. And yeah, there's definitely, there's there's times that I know, I know I'm missing things. I know there's family events that I'm missing. I know there's just milestones that I'm missing. Uh, and that's, yeah. it, it's a it's a huge bummer. It's really unfortunate. Uh, but I, I'm hoping that some of the work and the effort that I'm putting in now and the sacrifices that I'm making to miss those moments will actually return back into something that she'll have more memories in later on or being given some advantages that maybe you and I haven't had. So trying to put in the work now that maybe she can take advantage of later. So I justify it that way, but I still have to justify it, which is unfortunate, but... Uh, yeah, so I know I'm definitely I'm definitely missing moments, and uh, but my wife does a great job of taking videos, taking pictures, all this stuff, and then keeping me up to date. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's something I'm sure millions of dudes around the world same thing. Like, yeah, you gotta yeah. work sometimes, and you know that yeah. happens. But that's awesome that you guys have a, a good plan, and that's some really creative stuff that you do as far as bringing her toy and and tracking um, each other when you're on trips and everything. That's that's awesome. So yeah. Yeah, it, it works right. out really well. Yeah, that, that's pretty cool. All right, so before we get out of here, we're going to do uh, some rapid-fire questions here in a segment I call Put the Kids to Bed. And if you need further explanation, too bad. Nice. Alcoholic drink of choice? Uh, whiskey Old Fashioned. Uh, at home, are you allowed to load the dishwasher? Uh, yes, absolutely. I'm allowed to load it. I'm, I don't think I'm allowed to start it, though, because it has to be reviewed and approved. Um, <laughs> but, there is yeah. an approval process. But, but I can load it, yes. How do you like your steak done? Uh, medium well. Medium well? Mm-hmm. <sighs> 
right, next. You bastard. During birth, during the birth of your child, were mm-hmm. you north or south of the equator? Oh, I was very north. Yes, I was. I couldn't. I couldn't even see the equator. Last date night that you and Ashley had. I think it might have been the last Star Wars movie. That wasn't that long ago. I mean, that was like December eighteenth or seventeenth or something. That was a okay. Yeah, that's been a while. Three months ago, man. Did you have a runner-up name for Kendall? If you oh my gosh, Kendall. It was like the March Madness where you go from six to four down to eight, and then four, <laughs> and then there's two, and. Yeah, no, we, we went through a, a, a long process. I think uh, runner-up was Madeline. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Our daughter's name is Kendall. My wife and I both attended Kendall College of Art and Design, you know, uh, so it, it just seemed like a, a nice, and plus, I really like that name anyways. I think it's awesome. And yeah. once you, like, when you told me that was her name, and I knew that you guys had went to Kendall, I was like, that is so, like, cool, special, unique, yeah. you know, that, that's awesome. I really think that's cool. Bring it in. Okay, as we wrap up another episode of the Saturday is Daturday podcast, it's time for our world famous Just the Tip segment. And today's Just the Tip is all about how to keep produce fresh. For whatever reason, this summer, I've had some pretty terrible luck with produce. I don't know if it's because of the quarantine or whatever, but most of the berries that I've purchased, most of the vegetables, even a lot of the lettuce, just garbage and moldy already and... That's unfortunate because to me, summer is all about eating the fresh bounty of fruits and vegetables, putting them on the grill, eating them raw, whatever. So today I've got a great tip on how to help you keep fruit, vegetables, and even lettuces fresh. And that tip is quite simply paper towel. One of the biggest killers of fresh produce is moisture. And the story goes something like this. We typically buy a few pints of strawberries or raspberries or a few heads of romaine lettuce. We get them home. We wash them at some point, we cut them if needed, and then put them in the fridge. And then we come back the next morning, and oftentimes that food is in way worse shape than it was just 12 hours before. So my solution, and this is a little peek behind the restaurant curtain, is to use layers of paper towel to help absorb that excess moisture. And it doesn't work for all fruits and vegetables. I wouldn't recommend this for watermelon, for example, but for most fruits like berries, cantaloupe, grapes, Vegetables like carrots, snap peas, mushrooms, and even some raw vegetables that you might cut one day and cook the next day, maybe like a sweet potato or an onion, something like that. What you want to do is take your container, and before you put any food in there, lay one piece of paper toweling down on the bottom. Then add a layer of food, but don't overcrowd it. You don't want to have like a huge heaping pile of it. Then add another paper towel piece, another layer of food if your container will allow it, and just keep repeating that process. You will end up not being able to fit as much food per container, but the food will last much longer and will keep fresher for a lot longer. So there you go. Hopefully another helpful Just the Tip. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Saturday is Daturday podcast. Thank you to everybody for giving us a shot and listening. We will see you next week. And remember, Saturday is Daturday.